0: Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Liebman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support
1: the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. Cities throughout Oregon are dealing with budget deficits right now. For some, the new year has already meant cuts to services. Library hours and days are being slashed in multiple cities, including in Salem. Officials elsewhere are scrambling to cobble together funds to keep their services afloat. Melanie Keebler is the mayor of Bend. Chris Hoy is the mayor of Salem. They both join us now. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Hi, Dave. Thanks for having us.
1: Thanks for joining us. Uh, Mayor Keebler, let's start with you. What kind of uh, a budget shortfall are you seeing in Bend right now?
2: Our biggest issue is the way that we charge property taxes and what that does to our general fund. Um, We, and I'm sure we'll get into it in this segment, are under the restrictions of Measure 5 and Measure 50, which were passed in the 90s. And fundamentally what that does is freezes our property tax rates and doesn't allow us to raise them at the same rate that we're experiencing growth and property values going up. So what that means is, for example, in the 23-25 biennium, we have a deficit in our general fund of about $15.8 million and to make up for that, we are drawing into reserves. Um, we are selling off some of our city-owned land for development, um, but that's not sustainable going forward. So I think that's fundamental to the conversation. How do we find a sustainable way for our local governments to fund the services that our communities are demanding and that they need?
1: Well, you know, let's just, let's talk about property taxes. <laughs> that's since you started with. I mean, this is, this is not new. This has been the case for decades. We have heard so many public officials, whether, members of city councils or mayors like the two of you are or members of, of school boards talking about uh, the effects of what Oregon voters passed uh, back in the 90s, in the early 90s and, and the, the later 90s. What do you think is different now?
2: Well, we are seeing the same pressures that um, we just heard from Odon in your previous segment that people are experiencing in their home budgets as costs rise, as inflation happens, and as the cities grow, the demand for services grows. And in the past few years, cities have been on the front line of really crucial issues for our communities and we are being asked to step up on homelessness we are feeling the public safety repercussions of things like measure 110 and other changes that we want to make sure that we're providing those services but our funding our general funding is not there 78 percent of ben's general fund goes towards public safety and as we increase our public safety needs then there's less general fund to fund all the other city services that we have so I think um, it's something that we saw a long time coming. Um, Governor Roberts, back when the first Measure 5 was passed, said this is going to slowly cripple Oregon. And I think we are getting to the point where we are seeing that we need a different system if we want to sustainably fund our cities and local governments.
1: Chris Hoy, uh, how much um, blame do you lay at the feet of Measures 5 and 50 for what you're seeing in Salem right now?
0: Well, Dave, I think that, you know, those two measures are they, they, they deserve most of the blame, if not all. They uh, they limited the ability of city government and all local government, really, to respond to growing needs and also just to keep up with with uh, the cost of inflation. I mean, we have cost escalations like health care. Uh, payroll, that, those sorts of things that just they don't uh that the property taxes just don't keep up with. Similar to Ben's, uh our property tax receipts pay for 77% of our police and fire and nothing else. So they don't pay, they don't cover cut the cost of parks, senior services, uh, the library, and and we haven't really even talked yet about homelessness, I mean, which is a kind of a newer demand on cities. And our system, so the demand changed, but our system didn't change to, to accommodate that new demand from our residents.
1: Well, it's pretty clear I think, uh, uh, what opponents to changing this, and, and I, I, I should stress it since we're talking about constitutional changes, voters would have to, um, to amend the amendment. They, they would have to vote yes to, to change this. And It seems pretty clear what opponents to those changes would would argue that at a time when it's hard for many Oregonians to, to buy groceries, to, to deal with the same inflationary pressures that you're talking about at a municipal level. Or or for it's hard for people to, to people to afford housing to begin with, you know, don't say yes to these leaders who want you to pay higher property taxes. How would you respond?
0: I totally understand that. And you know, nobody wants to pay more taxes. But if you look at our current system, it created such an inequitable tax system. If you look at the permanent tax rates that were imposed. Basically, it's whatever tax rate you happen to be at at the time these things were passed. That's now your permanent rate, and so you have these disparate rates all over the state, and so it creates a, a huge inequity. If you look at the, just like, say, I want to make sure tax. that folks
1: understand. It, it's not like people are paying the same amount they did in 1995. But as, correct me if I'm wrong, but but the the rates, the current rates, are pegged to what they were in 1995, and they can only go up three percent from there. And so that's where the inequities come from. If if there were neighborhoods, say, that were redlined and, and had much lower property values back then and have since skyrocketed, that if two properties that are worth the same amount today in terms of real market value, those could have very, very different effective tax rates because of the, the year they were pegged to. Did, did I get that right?
0: Well, you were close. I would say uh the difference is the the tax rate stays the same. So our t- our permanent tax rate here in Salem is $5.83 per 1000. So that and that has stayed the same since that measure was passed. What changes is the 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 value of the properties. They continue to go up and that's what's limited to the 3%. So it's not the rate that change that that changes it's the values and those have been artificially limited if you look at the real market value compared to the uh, assessed value. There's a huge, uh, huge uh, difference uh, between those two numbers.
1: So, uh, Melanie Keebler, this is this is one issue, and I, I don't want this. Entire conversation to turn into a debate over measures five and and fifty. Although that, that at some point that that could happen in, in the future, I, I want to turn back to to right now, because you mentioned that that one of the ways you were able to to ease the current challenges are by dealing with some some one time fixes, dipping into the rainy day fund and selling some city owned property. Um, But but what does the actual – what might have to be cut in this current two-year budget cycle because of the holes you haven't been able to plug?
2: What ends up happening in cities as this happens is we start to hold positions vacant. We start to present budgets to our council that um, don't have positions in them that we might have wanted to have or planned but aren't even part of the budget because we can't afford them. Um, And so I think in Ben, we try to be very proactive and one of the things cities have to do to respond to these things is we have to dig around in a broken toolbox of very blunt tools, things like system development charges, um, things like franchise fees. We are working right now on a transportation fee, um, which many cities already have. We are sort of cobbling together these different streams that aren't necessarily nuanced um or as progressive as we'd like but that's the only way to fill the holes right we have a in the next biennium um a 10 million dollar hole in our transportation budget and we cannot go to the general fund to get that because our general fund is is paying for our police and fire which there are increased Um, demands for. So we then have to go and and look at a policy that, again, asks our constituents um, to pay into the pot to help with this. Meanwhile, we're generating economic development and jobs that are developing um, income tax that goes to the state. Um, and then we're kicking that back to people um, when cities are struggling to even you know, provide these basic services. So I think that's part of the inequity that Mayor Hoy is talking about. Um, I absolutely understand every time we go to our constituents and say, here's another little funding stream we're trying to put together. Um, They want to understand why we can't just meet the needs of the community within our structure, and we have to explain these things, and it's pretty tough. Is that
1: particularly acute in Bend where – I mean, I I can't think of a region – I don't think there is a region that has had more explosive growth than Deschutes County and and Bend sort of as as the population center of it. In Oregon in the last 50 years, it was – about 13,000 people in 1970 and over a hundred thousand people now D- does that lead people to say we are a boom town why can't you just pay for the things that that we're that we're giving you money to pay for
2: absolutely absolutely people see the property values going up and you know there was a report last year to the legislature since 1996 property values have gone up 433 percent but the assessed value that we actually, Collect like tax on is only uh, 243% so half. Um, and that is not a sustainable way to fund that growth. And, and that is a question we have to answer a lot. We also get a lot of questions about tourism because we have a, a tourism economy here. And we are restricted there. We have to tell people if we were to raise our room taxes and try to generate more money from tourism per state law, 70% of that would need to be spent on advertising and tourism facilities. And we could not put that in our general fund to fund our needs. So it is a constant conversation here about how growth is paying um, for itself and what the restrictions are on that.
1: If you're just tuning in, we're talking right now about – The budget issues that cities all across the state of Oregon are facing. We're talking to the leaders of two of the largest cities in Oregon. Chris Hoy is the mayor of Salem. Melanie Keebler is the mayor of Bend. Mayor Hoy, to go back to the the specific Salem issues, I'm sure that Salemites know this well and many of our listeners may remember that there there was a a city-led effort to to come up with a, a new way to bring money in, a, a city payroll tax that failed spectacularly recently at the polls. Where does that leave you? I mean, my understanding is you've been, the city leaders have been looking a lot into city budget questions. So what's the the 30,000 foot view right now of where things stand?
0: Yeah. The, and, and thank you for raising the payroll tax issue. It, it was an attempt to sort of just kind of Change the system to allow us to provide the services that our residents are, are demanding. We knew that it was a long shot. And uh, I don't look at it as a failure. I look at it as we have raised the awareness and we've elevated the conversation. So now we can have these conversations about the real problems with our tax system in Oregon. We've gotten everybody's attention to say, look, if you want these services, we have to pay for them. You know, we had to, we had to, uh, Reduce our library hours recently. we're going to be eliminating in this uh, current budget. we're going to be eliminating about forty positions coming up here in the next month or so. You know, there are real costs. And so going forward we're we're continuing to look at ways to pay for those services. and we have we just put together a, a revenue task force similar to the what's been happening in happening in other cities where we're going to hopefully uh, uh, have a community conversation. We have a number of, uh, pe- members of that group. We're going to do town halls. We're going to do focus groups, all sorts of things to try to just try to come up with a, a consensus on how we want to pay for services going forward, whether that's uh, through a maybe a levy, through a, a special district, or maybe that's not at all. I don't know. Um, and we'll have to just live with the level of services uh, that we have. But Getting back to kind of what Mayor Keebler was saying, you know, we've added 26,000 residents to Salem. That's the, that's equivalent to the size of the city of Woodburn. We've added that to, to Salem in the last several years, and we still have the same number of firefighters. So what that means is it's over, you know, well over five minutes uh, when you call f- the fire department until you're gonna see a firefighter at your door. When you're in cardiac arrest, that means your brain is dying. And that's just, it's not acceptable. And uh, I don't think residents want that, but uh, we're going to give them the opportunity to figure out how to pay for more service if, if in fact, uh, that's what they want to do.
1: One of the issues that we've heard about Salem in particular, separate from statewide questions like Measures 5 and 50, is it because you're the state capital and because there's a lot of state property, which doesn't pay into property taxes, um, you're missing out on revenue in in ways that, that it's not the same in other cities. Governor Kotek addressed this recently. She said, I think the state should have some role to help support essential services in Salem. And I've said that to Mayor Hoy directly. I think the question is, how do you actually calculate it? Where does this effort stand? And is there a mechanism that you are currently pushing for that you'd like lawmakers to enact?
0: Thank you for that question, Dave. Yeah, we are uniquely positioned as the state capital. We do have sort of an outsized uh, impact uh, from state properties because we don't we don't just have the properties and the lack of revenue from those properties. We also have the burden of the of the service. So when the capital was breached a few years ago uh, and uh, police officers were injured. Those were Salem police officers that were pepper sprayed by people coming into the Capitol. Those are, you know, it's our fire department that's responding to uh, the the prisons and to the capital and to all of the facilities. So there, there, there is an outsized burden for us. And it's a really common mechanism throughout the country that state governments help their state capital cities uh, by with a, sort of a payment in lieu of taxes or some extra funding mechanism. So we have been pursuing that. When I was a member of the legislature for a year during the last short session, I introduced a bill. Uh, to create a a system of payment in lieu of taxes. And we are working on that again. I I have had direct conversations with the governor. We've had really, really robust conversations about this. And I'm really pleased that she has been publicly stating her support. I really need her help to get this over the finish line. We do have some efforts coming up in the next session that would create a payment in lieu of taxes for the city of Salem.
1: Chris Hoy and Melanie Keebler, thanks very much. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Chris Hoy is the mayor of Salem. Melanie Keebler is the mayor of Bend. They joined us to talk about the budget challenges that they are seeing in their respective cities uh, that are emblematic of issues that leaders of cities all across the state are dealing with right now.